everybody to our latest episodes of the Bavarian Podcast Works pregame show. My name is Jake Fenner, and today we will be previewing Bayern Munich's game against Erbe Leipzig that we have at the weekend. I am joined by Schnitzel. How have you been recently? Well, I've been well. Thank you for asking. And uh, I'm really excited for the coming week, like after the uh, fixture against Iceland that Germany will take part in because it's Leipzig and then Barcelona. So it's going to be pretty hectic and exciting as well. It'll be a very interesting back-to-back that Bayern have to go through in their first Champions League game, which we will be covering uh, in a different episode later on. But first, we tackle Bayern's fourth Bundesliga game of the year. Now, before we exactly get into that, we'll go ahead and we'll talk about Die Mannschaft and their performances. And again, as uh, Schnitzel just alluded to, uh, we are recording this before... uh, Die Mannschaft's game against Iceland, so we won't be hitting on that. But we will, we will, and we are able to talk about the two nothing win against Liechtenstein and the six nothing win against Armenia. So recap for everybody that hadn't seen either of those: forty uh, first minute goal from Timo Werner and a seventy seventh minute goal from the Roy Zane put Germany over Iceland two nothing. For Armenia, it was two goals from Serge Gnabry in the 6th and the 15th minute, followed by, in the 35th minute, a goal tapped in from Marco Reis, a 44th minute goal this time from Timo Werner, a 52nd minute goal from Jonas Hoffmann, and then Adeyemi scored his debut goal for Die Mannschaft in stoppage time in the 90th minute to make that 6 nothing for Germany. So... Schnitzel, it is the first two games under the tenure of Hansi Flick for this Germany side. How do you think they fared in World Cup qualifying? Well, actually, I thoroughly enjoyed Germany's game against Armenia. Okay, well, I stammered with Bayern there because, you know, I still have to get used to seeing Hansi Flick coach Germany and not Bayern. But I was super excited when... Uh, I got to see Flick's philosophy being implemented with such a talented crop of players. A lot of people have said that Germany's team, they feel isn't, you know, up to up to standards as compared to their teams that they fielded in 2014 and so on. Like they were stacked in various positions. But I feel like this crop of youngsters and this blend of experience and youth is probably, you know, one of the most talented bunches I've ever seen Germany field. And I would say that Hansi Flick's tenure has gotten off to a great start. I enjoyed both games and I was particularly impressed with the 6-0 win against Armenia because of the way Germany dominated. They looked like the old Germany of old once again. And uh, I guess I was so happy to see Marco Reus back on the pitch for Germany. He put in a great shift. I was very impressed with Leroy Zane on the left wing. And I feel like Nagelsmann has resurrected him for both Bayern and Germany. And Flick just took that philosophy moving into the game. And I would say they're starting to dominate. They're starting to look great. And I'm very impressed with how he started. Like he couldn't have gotten off to a better start. I was also thoroughly impressed by Hansi and the teams that he rolled out. I also heard similar criticisms about whether or not Germany had a full squad. And to 
my mind, it wasn't necessarily Germany's squad issues that left them out of uh, further rounds of the 2020 Euros. You could blame a bad draw, which is something I think definitely should be taken into account, but it was definitely more tactics and an inability for the manager to recognize that certain situations needed to be changed and yada, yada, yada. I've said it way too many times before, but uh, I think Hansi is going to use this as a great place to start. Germany have a very easy, very, very easy World Cup qualifying group. You could say that the toughest two teams in this group are Armenia and then Iceland. So in my mind, if those are the two toughest teams that a Germany team is playing in a World Cup qualifying group, there's no reason why they shouldn't top the group. Not even just, not even they should go through. They should top this group easily. So with Hansi in charge, uh, it begins to apply like a little uh, pain relief to the wound that was the loss to North Macedonia in this World Cup qualifying uh, situation that they had from earlier this year. So it's great. It's great for them to start on the right foot. And I think that they do that with Hansi. And so we'll move on away from the Germany side to, you know, the, the other German national team, Bayern Munich. So yeah, yeah. they play against Erbe Leipzig at the weekend. It is their fourth game uh, of the season for both teams. Leipzig have a much worse uh, setup right now with uh, three games played and three points, one win, no draws, two losses. And the quality of their win versus the quality of their losses are two very different things. They started the season off with a one nothing loss to Mainz, who had 11 players out due to COVID-19. The fact that this team went out and signed all of these players, which is something we're going to tackle in a little bit, so we will get to that, don't worry. Uh, the fact that they were able to sign so many forward-minded attacking players and they could not get a goal in their first game is shocking and a little disappointing. Uh, but they came out the next game and perfectly made up for it with a 4 nothing win against Stuttgart uh, with Dominic Shaboshlai scoring two in the 38th and the 52nd, Philip Forsberg scoring in the 46th, and then uh, Andre Silva scoring his first goal for Ebay Leipzig with a penalty. But then they followed that up with a one nothing loss to current league leaders Wolfsburg. It was uh, Yusuf Paulson's first appearance for the team. So Three games, three clean sheets. It just sucks that two of them were against Leipzig, for Leipzig fans. Um, In terms of what I personally think of their form overall, it's a bit sad, but it's not shocking. Again, we will talk about the turnover later. I think that has a major, major implication into how this team has played. And the fact that they are adjusting to a new manager in Jesse Marsh, even though a number of these players have played under Jesse Marsh when he was coaching at Salzburg, uh, it'll be tough. It will take a while for this team 
to get it together. In my preseason predictions, I had them third for that exact reason behind Borussia Dortmund and then us in first, because I think Leipzig will have to take a little bit of time to fully adjust to the Bundesliga with basically a reshuffled deck, not a new deck, not a new deal, just a reshuffled deck. Uh, I kind of, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I would say that I kind of echo your sentiments with RB Leipzig. I feel like they're still in a premature part of the season and with a new coach, Jesse Marsh, and quite a few arrivals, new arrivals like Guardiol and uh, Soboslai, Andre Silva, like some really top stars, as well as you can say a few significant departures like Ibrahima Kunate and Marcel Zabitza. Yippee! I mean, I was... Everyone knows that I was really thrilled that he's joined Bayern and it'll be, you know, it'll take time getting used to seeing him in Bayern colors because it is an actual absolute dream come true. I'd say that Leipzig, in my opinion, are actually stronger this season than they looked last season, squad-wise and on paper, because Andre Silva is an elite tier striker. He's one of the Bundesliga's best strikers and he consistently has performed at the top level. And I would say that the supporting cast is great as well. You have Christopher Nkunku and uh, Dominic Soboslai, Danny Olmo, as well as Emil Forsberg behind him to, you know, chip in with the crosses. And Soboslai is a great goal threat as well. And we saw against Stuttgart what he can do if he's allowed to roam free in that number 10 role, as well as, you know, take the free kicks and handle the dead ball situation. So I'd say he is probably the threat we should be most worried about because he is so unpredictable. And uh, like a few months ago, I'd probably say last year, maybe in October or so, I really was uh, calling for Bayern to sign Sobozlai. I've been doing that for a while now. But uh, his first season at Leipzig didn't go that well because of injuries. Right now, now that he's found his rhythm, he looks like a different beast. And uh, I feel like Bayern's defense will have their hands full trying to keep Leipzig's attack quiet. That being said, their performance against Wolfsburg was definitely not quiet. Like they had 11 shots on goal as compared to Wolfsburg's eight. And they were seemingly the better team under possession as well. They had 53% possession and they had a better passing accuracy and more shots on target. But Wolfsburg just took home the spoils because of some great goalkeeping from Cohen Castiles and some resilient play from their defense, as well as obviously some nice attacking movements. I've always been a fan of Wout Weghorst because of how much space he can make for his teammates up front, as well as poach goals like what the efficiency does. And uh, I would say the same applies to Bayern's game against Leipzig. We just need to make sure that the defense carries the momentum they've been, you know, having the past few games, like the 12-0 win against Bremer at the DFB Pokal, as well as the 5-0 recent victory against Hertha Berlin. I would say that it's great to see Bayern not concede for a change. You know, the last season was ridiculous, the number of goals they conceded. It was probably like historic in the sense that I think we didn't concede that many for like 30 years or so before that. So I would say it's, I'm delighted to see Bayern back to, you know, winning ways in such dominant fashion and not conceding off cheap counters. And I hope that Luca Hernandez is fit to play 
because he can really make a huge impact and probably contribute a lot towards keeping that important clean sheet against Leipzig. It'll be incredibly important for him to stay healthy. And I agree with you in terms of Bayern's results so far. I was a little concerned at the beginning of the the year that Bayern would not be able to meet expectations, that Julian Nagelsmann would not be able to meet expectations. But then again, he wasn't playing with a full squad. He wasn't playing with a really healthy squad back then, nor now. But he's been able to cobble together pretty good results. And I admire it from the standpoint of he's a new manager at a new club. Regardless of how good of a manager you are, you're going to have a little bit of a restructuring period to put it in one way right it'll it'll take some time for the results to really come through but i think it really will come through for byron and it ended up doing exactly that now looking again at leipzig they had massive transfer turnover in the summer. So I'm going to go through every notable. And when I say notable transfer, I mean, not only necessarily the players are notable, but the transfer is notable, right? So if somebody was loaned to Leipzig, and then they go back to their loan club, I don't count that as major with the exception of one, and I will get into him later. If a transfer in is somebody just returning on loan, I don't necessarily count that as major. So let's take a look at who they lost. And I will start with the one exception that I made, and that's Justin Clivert. It's not that Justin Clivert had a lot of impact for this Leipzig team, but he was an impactful player, period, end of sentence. You would want to have somebody like Justin Clivert on your bench as a reserve option. Uh, They ended up loaning out two of their players, uh, Adamola Lookman off to Leicester City and Wang Hee Chan off to Wolverhampton. They sold not only Marcel Zabitzer and Daya Upamecano off to Bayern Munich. They also sold right wing back slash right mid Hanish Wolf back to Borussia Mönchengladbach, who he had a fantastic uh, season with last year. They sold uh, Lazar Samardzic off to Udinese and Serie A, and they sold off Ibrahima Konate to Liverpool. So let's really consider here what they sold off. They sold off two uh, great attacking players, I would say, in Wolf and Samardzic. Uh, Sabitzer is probably their best midfielder. I think possibly will maybe go down in history as their best midfielder, unless Tyler Adams or Emil Forsberg have anything to say about that, but Adams needs time and Forsberg hasn't shown me anything that would be similar to the output that Zabitzer had. But more importantly, they lose Upamecano to Bayern. They lose Koinate to Liverpool. So let's not go ahead and say, oh, Bayern just, you know, stole every great player because I think that losing Upamecano was major. Losing both of them in the same transfer window is worse, objectively worse. So let's consider who they brought in. They brought in Andre Silva from uh, from Eintracht Frankfurt, and they brought in Josep Gvardiol from Dinamo Zagreb. They brought in uh, Broby from Ajax and Moriba from Barcelona B, and they will contribute to the future, right? What is somebody we thought was going to contribute to the future, but is having much more of a current impact is Simicon, who has been starting all three of their last games at center back alongside Vili Orban. And that, to me, if I'm a Leipzig fan, I'm concerned, not because Simicon is not a good player, but because 
their options are now their third defender in Vili Arban from last year, even though he was their captain at one point. And I believe he might even be their captain now if Petr Kolashi didn't uh, give up the armband. And a kid that they just got who's 21 years old, whose previous top flight experience has been playing for Racing, uh, Racing Strasbourg. That's not entirely inspiring a lot of confidence, but on the bright side, they did bring in two defenders in the fourth in the form of making their loan permanent with Angelino permanently coming from Manchester city, quote unquote, he had been there for two years and Benjamin Heinrichs coming in from Monaco. And then really, I guess those are like fortifying on the back line. They still have Klosterman. They still have Marcel Halstenberg. Now the only thing that they have a concern about is replacing Zabitzer. And to that, I say they have a great young talent, a great young attacking midfield talent in Caden Clark that is going to be coming over uh, when the season ends for the New York Red Bulls. And as a newly indoctrinated New York Red Bulls fan, I can tell you that that is going to end approximately one hour after their final game of the regular season against Nashville SC because the Red Bulls are not good this year. (laughs) They are not doing well at all all they are what i want to say 10th in the eastern conference there are so many missed opportunities for that team but caden clark is definitely their bright spot and i think uh anybody who follows leipzig who followed them from new york red bulls or is somebody that follows the red bull system will agree with me clark will be able to slot into that zabitzer role easily and he'll probably be able to do it well but that being said that's a lot of young and -and up-and-coming talent for a team that relied heavily on established young talent right because i won't say that upa isn't up and coming i won't say that koinate isn't up and coming they're both in their early 20s so it requires time for this team to gel and i think that failing to bring in veterans is going to be a major problem for them, at least on the back line. Bringing in Andre Silva is the best thing that they've done for their striker core since they decided to, uh, you know, keep Yusuf Paulson and keep Timo Werner that one season before they actually sold Timo Werner. Uh, Schnitzel, what are your thoughts on how this transfer market is going to affect this team not necessarily for this game but just going forward into what they do in the future yeah so before we move on i'd like to address a very important issue and that is you know the accusations that Bayern basically poaching talent from the other bundesliga teams like dortmund and rb leipzig and the other teams and i feel like Bayern, uh say an opportunity like zabitzer presents itself Bayern just cannot miss or pass up on such an opportunity, especially given any other team from the Premier League, the La Liga, or the Serie A would have just pounced on him. I mean, he is well worth that. I would say he is probably worth three times the amount we paid for him. And I agree that it was a bargain where we got him for. But I feel like Bayern and its business, since we are a club that doesn't like spending too much on transfers, we have to be smart with our spending and we have to lap up these opportunities and get these players to Munich so 
yes, uh, as, as EPL fans, as La Liga fans, you can cry about it all you want. But I guess you can point out that it's been happening in other leagues as well, like, you know, Griezmann to Barcelona, uh, Atletico Madrid, sorry, from Barcelona. And you have Jack Grealish from Aston Villa to Manchester City. You have uh, Harry Maguire from Leicester City to Manchester United. You have examples everywhere. I mean, Juventus basically buys up most of the Serie A, you know, talent from the the weaker clubs like um, Nicolo Barella, for example, uh, Locatelli from Sassuolo, and Federico Chiesa from Fiorentina. So they, I mean, you cannot uh, probably, you know, find out any league where this doesn't happen, you know, clubs trying to get talent, homegrown talent. And I would say that in the Bundesliga is the same with Bayern. Like if we have a top midfielder like Zabitzer available from RB Leipzig for that money, why would we go on to spend 75 million for you know someone like Eduardo Camavinga from another league who doesn't even speak German and isn't acquainted with the Bundesliga? It's well within Bayern's rights. And also, I would say it's a good business model to kind of get talent from your country if they're going to end up in a foreign league anyways. I mean, it does make Bayern stronger and I agree that it might weaken the opposition. But I feel like that money could obviously uh, have resulted in them spending the same on other players. It's just that the player now plays for Bayern. And in this case, Zabitzer is a Bayern fan, so he feels right at home in Munich. But I completely disagree, you know, when they say that this isn't fair to the other Bundesliga teams, because we know that Bayern has this financial stability after decades of painstaking financial work and they've built this from the bottom they've constructed this you know huge financial um, structure and it's going really well it's going so strong and we spend almost uh, less than a quarter of some clubs in the premier league and you know in the french league and we still manage to compete with the best so i'd say Bayern is doing really well and I'm happy that they're purchasing talent at such low prices and I have no regrets and I guess you can continue crying if you're unhappy about it. Now, moving on to the Leipzig issue, right? I'd say Leipzig have a very good mix of talent, like you said, but yes, the transfers, the movements in and out of the team will definitely affect them, especially given they have quite a few youngsters. Like, for instance, you have Simakan, right? You mentioned he started all three of Leipzig's games. And he may not have enough top-tier experience to actually be starting for a team that is potentially a Bundesliga challenger this season. But I feel like Leipzig, now that they've lost Konate and Upamakano, you know, it's a pretty tough situation for them and they need to get these budding youngsters, you know, up to level terms with what they missed in the veterans that left. I mean, I'm calling Upamakano a veteran, but he's just 22. So you can say, I mean, you can see how well he's established himself at such a young age. And he's already starting to impress me at Bayern. He hasn't really found his feet yet. Like I would say he's still kind of rusty. He needs to get to his top level and he needs to do some more work to get there. But I feel like the signs are promising and he could form a, an outstanding partnership with either Niklas Zule or Luca Hernandez. Depends on whoever is injured and whoever is not. But yeah, like I said, uh, it's going to be tough for them to go into this transition period with a new manager and new players. But I feel like they have enough quality to at least, I mean, I predicted this before the season, at least pull off a top three spot in the Bundesliga this season.
I agree in terms of the positioning. So let's go ahead. The last thing that we're going to talk about is a glaring issue for Bayern going into this game and potentially for the game against Barcelona is a number of injuries along the back line. The highlights really being Alfonso Davies injured himself in a game uh, between the U.S. men's national team and Canada at the uh, Nissan Stadium in Nashville, where it's almost impossible that he'll be able to recover in time for this game. Same could possibly be said for Kingsley Coman, who's been undergoing tests and examinations of a calf issue that he sustained against World Cup qualifiers for France. Uh, Upa Makano and Thomas Müller are also doubtful, and Corentin Tolisso is currently out with calf injuries. Those are all relatively recent injuries that's in addition to injuries to players like Benjamin Pavard and others so that leaves Bayern in a particularly sticky situation you basically have your backup central defensive midfielder you don't necessarily need because there are fantastic players that can be able to uh, rise to that level and slot in there. And not to mention uh, Kimmich and Goretzka have basically held down the fort pretty much for now. But there is a major issue when it comes to Alfonso Davies on the left side. And there's a potential also injury and issue with Luca Hernandez that might really restrict Bayern's left back options. And that is a major cause for concern because we don't have David Alaba anymore that can slot over from center back to left back. And when it comes to missing Ufemakano and missing Thomas Müller, uh, that one I really am not sure about, right? Thomas can be replaced, I guess, by... Uh, by Jamal Musiala, but they play different roles, really. Musiala is a perfect attacking midfielder. Uh, He's a perfectly capable attacking midfielder, that is, but he doesn't play the same role. He doesn't operate in the same way that Thomas Müller does. And with Upa Makano, right, you can easily start a backline of Nick Zula, uh, Stancic on the right-back position if he's healthy, Luca Hernandez, and then uh, Tangin Yanzu as well at center-back. But at that point, you're really scraping for options. At that point, you hope that nobody goes down mid-game on the back line with an injury. At that point, you ask yourself, why did you loan out Chris Richards at a time like this? So uh, how do you think, Schnitzel, that Bayern are going to line up for this upcoming game, not only on the back line, but also in the midfield? Flash news, Bayern is having another injury crisis. Where have I heard that before? <laughs> you know, I'm so used to this. I mean, as with every Bayern fan out there, we tend to have injuries almost every time before the biggest games of the season. And right now, it just couldn't have come at a worse time, especially missing a key player like Thomas Muller is going to really, you know, be difficult to replace, especially given we're going to play Leipzig and then Barcelona just after. Last season against PSG, same thing happened. Lewandowski out, Serge Gnabry out, Leon Goretzka out, Nicolas Zula out. We just basically didn't even have enough uh, substitutes to field. We basically had to call up, I think, five or six players from the reserve side, and we just fielded seven or eight subs that game. And this is kind of a recurring theme at Bayern, you know, just losing players before important games. So... 
surprised? Nah, I don't think I'm surprised, but concerned, definitely. I'm really, really concerned. And I'm kind of not feeling very good that Leipzig just comes, you know, four days before the Barca game. And especially given they are one of the best teams on paper, it's going to be quite difficult to face them this time. And I feel like replacing Muller's output is going to be incredibly difficult, especially given even uh, Nagelsmann mentioned recently in his press conference that Muller is an extended arm of the coach, like just echoing the words of Hansi Flick. And he brings so much more than just his attacking output and his play and his you know passing ability and spatial awareness. He coaches the team, he structures the attack, and he tells the players where to position themselves. And he kind of drives the entire attack and midfield forward. And without that link between midfield and attack, it's going to be quite a challenge to face Leipzig, who are known for how compactly they defend and how well they utilize spaces. So on paper, I would say that the best player to fill in at the 10 role in the absence of Müller right now is not Musiala, but I'd say it's Marcel Zabitzer. And the reason is, I feel Musiala at the moment is quite possibly our best finger. And I feel the parallels to Ribéry are pretty accurate. Like he has a very similar play style and he's an amazing dribbler. He can dribble in short spaces and create space for his teammates with his vision and passing. And that reminds me a lot of the Bayern legends. So I'd say he is at home at the wing right now. And Marcel Zabitzer, our new signing, could be put to the test right away at the 10 role. And it's not a role that he's unfamiliar with. He has played there a lot under Nagelsmann and under Ralf Hasenhüttl. So I would say Zabitzer at the 10, if I had my way, Muziala in the left wing, and uh, probably Serge Gnabry on the right because he's in scorching form right now. I'd say it's more of a toss-up between Leroy Zane and Muziala on the wing because I would think at this point it's very important to carry Zane's confidence moving forward, especially given he's putting in some great performances now that Nagelsmann has moved into the left. Up front, obviously, Robert Lewandowski starts. Who else but the best player in the world and the player who might get robbed of his second Ballon d'Or this season? You know, it's probably going to be really sad and unfair uh, if France football don't award him a Ballon d'Or in 2021 as well. But that's just how it is. I don't even, you know, consider it a proper award at this point especially given, you know, UEFA awarded Jorginho, the player of the year, above Kevin De Bruyne, uh, N'Golo Kante, Robert Lewandowski, and Lionel Messi. Uh, but that's a topic to discuss another day. Maybe I probably have to, you know, rant about it in some other podcast. Uh, for now, we just focus on Leipzig. Yeah, Leon Goretzka and Joshua Kimmich, they were brilliant for Germany, and I expect them to slot right in, right in in midfield, carry the momentum forward. And Goretzka sta starting to find his feet. I was quite concerned when his performances were not that great at the beginning of the season, like his passing accuracy was suspect, and he wasn't his usual self, you know, making runs into the final third and uh, being a goal threat and chipping in with those assists, but he looks back to his best, especially after the recent game against Armenia. So Kimmich and Goretzka to start in midfield. And in defense, I think in Davies' absence, which is pretty big against a team like Leipzig, who strike on the counter really quick, 
we would probably field Omar Richards because he's the closest option we have to Davies. And I really don't want to see more of Luca Hernandez as a left back because he is a fit in at centre back. And if he's fit, I think he has to at least get a substitute appearance at the centre back position because we honestly have waited so long for this. I have waited ages to see him consistently start at centre back, and I don't want him to go, get moved to left back just because we have an injury crisis, especially given we have someone, you know, quite adept at, his, at a backup role in Omar Richards. So Luca Hernandez at centre back, uh, probably as a substitute player because he isn't fit yet. So I think Niklas Zula starts. And I think Tongi Nyonzu would start alongside him in central defence. But it's possible that Nagelsmann just trusts Luka Anondes back from his injury and just pushes him straight to the starting eleven because Nyonzu has shown that, you know, he can get hot-headed at times, lose his composure and get into some rough challenges, get carded easily. Uh, Jake, has there been any game this Bundesliga season where Nyonzu has featured and not received a card? I don't think so. Like, I feel he's been carded in every game he's featured in. Is that right? I can't recall, I can't recall one. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like he's so prone to getting carded and I feel that would be really horrible, you know, if he, for instance, tackles <laughs> Andre Silva and gets gets red carded or something within five minutes, you know, taking us back to the Eintracht Frankfurt game of, you know, two seasons ago that kind of, you know, made Kovac, Kovac, Niko Kovac leave and it led to your famous rant, rather <laughs> infamous rant on Dorian Podcast Works that became one of the most you know, listen to pod- podcasts of, you know, the recent times, which is very memorable. I'm recalling it because I really, like, enjoyed that part. And I would say it's one of your highlights, you know, at B- BPW. Anyways. I was, I was just having a bad day. Bad yeah. Day. Uh, let's just go ahead and throw out a quick yeah. scoreline prediction. I think it's going to be tough for Bayern this game specifically because they have issues on the back line. Yeah, yeah. before I, we finish, I forgot yeah. to mention that Neuer starts a goal, but everyone knew that anyway. So I, yeah. I, I cut you off for that exact reason. Because, yeah, okay. And then you're going to tell me Christian Fuchtel starts there? No. So I think that Bayern's going to win the game. I think it will be either a 1-0 or 2-1. And that's not to say that I expect Lewandowski to not like put in a hat trick every single game that he plays, but the backline issues are clear and obvious. And I think Bayern takes it a little bit off the gas this time, and I think that's fine. Zabitzer comes back to enemy territory, as does Julian Nagelsmann, so I imagine that that will be on a couple of people's minds. So 2-1 is my thought. What's yours? I feel like, yeah, I kind of resonate with your thoughts here, but I feel it's going to be, uh, you know, a bit more dominant than it looks, especially given Leipzig's recent, recent form and that they're just, you know, getting to form right now. They're not yet at the at the top, at the position that they would like to be, probably. And yes, Jesse Marsh is a great coach, and he can drill this team into a superb unit. But I feel like Bayern is just, you know, rolling on all gears right now. And despite losing Thomas Miller, I would probably think that they have enough firepower, Muziala, Gnabry, and, you know, all the other attacking, you know, cast players in the subcast, to probably come out with uh, a 3-1 
or even a 3-0 victory against RB Leipzig. I know this is pretty optimistic, and I know I'm feeling a bit bullish about Bayern and their chances in all three competitions this season, but that's not unfounded. Like, they have probably the deepest, one of the deepest squads in Europe, and they have quality stacked in every position, and just trust in Muziela. What more can I say, you know? Yeah, I completely agree with those points. So that will wrap it up for us. Thank you all for listening. Please be sure to like, rate, share, subscribe, and download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your quality audio content. And until next time, we will see you all later. Have a good one. Auf Wiedersehen.